15. And this evening, uh, once again, I'm sharing uh, with Evening Light by Tabernacle on their service on Zoom. So we greet our saints there as well. And we are going to take our reading today from the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 13. Exodus chapter 14, verses 13 to 15. I hope that all of us are praying for the youth meetings, uh, which are going to hold next week. Uh, we have, we have uh, more than 200 people already registered, and many are still registering, and that excludes the team coming from Kenya. Uh, and, and so th there's quite a lot. So if you've not registered, please I request that you register. There's quite a lot ahead of us. And we are trusting that God will come and visit the young people during that time. Exodus chapter 14, we are reading from verses 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show unto you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. And um, the Lord said to Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. May the Lord add blessings upon the reading of the word. So I trust that everybody will be fine with the English this evening. Is that amen? amen. So I'm speaking on escape for your life. And I know that uh, I shared on the same scripture at the beginning, uh, the end of last year, the beginning of this year. But today I want to dwell so much on verse 15 which says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Now you realize that uh, when God had called the children of Israel coming from Egypt, going to the promised land in, uh, in, in, in Canaan, God desired that they would believe on whom he had sent. Of course, God had sent Moses, and Moses had thus saith the Lord. You realize that when God sends a person in your life, what they have for you is not a maybe happen, or maybe it will happen. It is a must happen, because they are sent from God to your life. And that, uh, that uh, applies not only to Moses and the Israelites, but it applies also to us in our generation and uh, the prophet that God has sent in our generation, our brother William Branham. His message is not a maybe happen, or maybe will happen what he says, or maybe it might happen, or it may not happen. Uh, you know, the Bible speaks of uh, a gift of prophecy, and how that uh, when someone has a gift of prophecy, it, it, it will all, uh, you, you don't just believe it. You know, when someone prophesies or gives a, uh, someone has a gift of prophecy and, and says something, you don't just believe and swallow everything they are saying. It has to be proved again by uh, uh, two people, at least who are spiritual, to say whether those things are true or not. You know, there's a difference between a prophet and a gift of prophecy. And a prophet is born a prophet. And uh, when a prophet speaks, what he says is, thus saith the Lord. It cannot fail, it will always come to pass. But, uh, but someone with a gift of prophecy... He can, it will sometimes even have a margin of error. And even sometimes, even if it does not, you cannot be 100% sure it is God until it has been judged. You know, that kind of prophecy is usually judged by spiritual people or men who are filled with the Holy Spirit to tell whether those things are of God or not. 
But we see that in our time, we have received a, a prophet like God had sent Moses. Moses was a prophet. And Moses was born a prophet. He was not a man with a gift of prophecy. He was a prophet sent, a man sent from God. And we see in our generation, we have also a man sent from God, William Branham. A man sent from God. His message is, thus saith the Lord. His message cannot fail. Just like the message of Moses did not fail. Everything Moses said came to pass because Moses' message was not his idea. His message was not learned from somewhere. His message was 100% from God and therefore it was of God and it did not fail. But you see, one thing that I wanted to highlight here while we are beginning is that the message of Moses was escape for your life. He had brought a message to Israel and it had... It had, you know, of course it was from God, but the Jews or the Israelites had to believe everything Moses said. If they did not believe what Moses said, then it, would, it was not going to be applied upon their life. They had to believe him as a prophet, as a man sent from God. They had to believe that what he had was not his idea or his opinion, but what he had in his heart and what God had, had laid on his mouth was thus saith the Lord. Can we say amen to that? So in the same way here, we see uh, that Moses now, of course, we already covered the other part where they were coming from, uh, from Egypt and uh, how they had the Passover night and how he, he fulfilled everything God had told him to do and how they should eat the bread and um, the, the meat and um, how they should arrange everything. And on that Passover night, the angel of death came and uh, he passed over the houses of, of those that um, had eaten and had uh, applied the blood on their, on their doors. So we see that the angel of the Lord walked with Moses the whole time. And now here they have come all the way from Egypt. And uh, uh, Pharaoh had told them now you can go. But you see when they arrived at the Red Sea. Before the crossing of the Red Sea. That is where now Pharaoh now said to himself. He came to himself. What have I done? How could I let them go? And so he came with many chariots of many of his warriors to come and destroy, uh, and destroy the Israelites. But here God speaks to Moses and he said, uh, and, and he tells him to speak and to go forward. But before then, Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. I want to say this, whenever you know that where you are, you are in the right place. Where what you are hearing is the right message. I want to tell you, always fear not. Because God is with you. And he will surely give you salvation no matter what you are going through in your life. And here he says, the Egyptians you see today, you will see them again no more forever. And he says, the Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. God always fights for his people. Are you not so glad that God always fights for you? God always fights for you. God always fights for me. Can you say it? God always fights for me. Hallelujah. Did you know that he even fights for you battles you did not know that you were fighting? Amen. There are those that we know we are fighting, but there are also those other battles. We are fighting, but we don't know that we are fighting. But God always goes behind us. He goes before us. He goes around us to fight every battle for us. Hallelujah. As long as we are right in the place where he wants us to be. But now, 
I want you to see that the Lord said unto Moses at that same time, he says, Wherefore Christ thou? Why do you cry? And Brother Barnum uh, spoke on that. Why cry? Speak. And he says, Why cry unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. That's what God requires for us to go forward. To escape. To go forward. I, I want you to follow this thought. When they were coming from Egypt, they, were, they thought they were slaves. In their mind, they had a mindset of a slave. And those are bali Bachi? Baddu. Nga, they were only thinking that they were slaves. Did you know that you, God can actually save you by his word, but if your mind has not agreed to what God has done for you, you may not actually achieve your victory? Many times you preach the word, but how many people would receive it and say, that is nothing but the truth and absolutely the truth and I will do it. Very few. Many people will hear it, they will say it is the truth, but it is impossible to do it. It is impossible to fulfill it. But how many of you will always fulfill? Be ready and be willing to do what God, the word of God said for them to do. I want to be among those that will fulfill the portion of the word of God for my day. And we see that uh, when God sent them a prophet, why did he send a prophet? He sent them that prophet, for that prophet, his message to lead them from Egypt to the promised land. And they had to go to the promised land. And, and here they have arrived at the Red Sea. Did you know that in everything God had told Moses, he had not told him about the Red Sea? He didn't know about the Red Sea. It was a surprise when he found the Red Sea. So he began crying. Why? Because he did not know that there was going to be a Red Sea. All that God told him is you are going to take them from, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. So he expected that the hardest part of this journey was going to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. But after that hard part was done, then he arrived at a place where he never, did you know, it is actually God who led them to the Red Sea. He told them, pass here, pass here, pass here, pass here, by the pillar of fire. And he led them right straight to the Red Sea. Why? Because when God sends his word, his word will always work no matter the obstacles that are ahead of you. His word is fashioned in such a way that it is so powerful. The Bible says the word of God is powerful. That it can even divide soul and spirit. It can pull it asunder. It is so powerful. And I want to tell you that there is nothing that the word of God cannot accomplish in our lives. If only we can believe every word of God. Every word of God. Not some, but every word of God. And I want you to see here when he, they, when he arrives at the Red Sea, he begins crying, Oh God, I never knew about this part. But then simply God tells him, why cry, Moses? Speak to the children of Israel and go forward. And uh, in one way, I would say that God was telling him, just escape for your life. If you stay here, they're going to come and kill you. Escape. Run. Go. Go forward. And I believe this is what, as we are beginning this year, what God is telling us to go forward. There are many obstacles that are going to hinder us. There are many things that are going to come before us, brother. There are many things that are going to discourage us, brother. There are many things, sister, that are going to come before you that will make you feel that you can't go forward. But I believe God is telling us the same thing this evening. Amen. That go forward. Go forward. Lord, this year is made up to destroy us. Lord, this year, the age, the generation, the, the, the time that we are living in is made up in such a way that it, wants, it will. It is made up to destroy us. Just like the army of Pharaoh was made up to destroy Israel. 
But I want you to see in the book of John chapter 10 verse 10. And I'll just, it'll just be a short sharing this evening because we are also recording for the Zoom. So it will not be more than one hour. So listen to me carefully. In John 10, 10 it says, The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You know, when the devil comes into our lives, he comes to, 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 to steal the, the, the word of God that, he, that God has planted in our hearts. The devil desires to steal our zeal. The devil desires to steal our desire for the things of God. The devil desires to kill. Amen. That desire. Each of you, each of us here have a desire to, to serve God. That's why we are here this evening. Did you know that? We have a desire within us to serve God. And that's why we are here. Or else we would not even have come here. But I am here because I love the Lord with all my heart. And, and the devil knows that. God knows that. But the devil knows that too. And the devil's purpose is to come and steal, not only to steal, but to kill and to destroy that which God has placed within your heart. But what does Jesus come to do through his word? He comes that we might have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, Jesus doesn't want us to have just a little life. He wants us to have abundant life. He wants us to have more life, beautiful life, big life. Wonderful life, not just a little life, but a great life. Tell me where else can we get an abundant life out of the word? You cannot get life, abundant life, outside of the word of God. And I want to show you something here. I'll just quickly go to the burden that I have for you this evening. We are back again to the days of Lot. The generation that we are living in, we are back again to the days of Noah. You know, Brother Banam would say that history keeps repeating itself. Things that are happening now have happened before. There is no new thing under the sun. Whatever is happening now has happened before. And whatever shall happen has really happened before. Now we are saying we are in the end time. But there were other times that people or men of God preached and told the people we are in the end time. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the book of Luke chapter 17. And look at verse 26. He says, as it, was, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. I want you to think about, let, let me bring this down from the scriptures down to our own individual lives. Isn't this the same thing that is happening today? You know, the Bible says that uh, they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. Now, I want you to remember, when God had given the message, uh, the, the message of salvation to Noah to bring to the people of, the, of that time, do you realize, I want you to see a few things about the message of Noah. Do you realize that the message of Noah was for the whole world? It was not... A denominational message. It was a message for the whole world. They were all supposed to receive the message of Noah. Imagine even here in Uganda, they were supposed to receive the message of Noah. If there were people here. All over the world, they were supposed to hear the message of Noah. The people that lived in that time. That is a hard fact. Not very many people will believe it or will actually think about it that way. But that was the truth. It was a message for the whole world. That's the fact number one. Fact number two, 
when the people heard that message, they did not take it serious. Or maybe the message became so common to them that they, they, all of them knew that it was going to rain. They heard. Not that they knew, but that they heard it was going to rain. So they knew by information that it was going to rain. But they continued normally. They were not deterred from whatever they were doing. Those who were drinking continued to drink. Those who were uh, um, committing fornication continued normally, no problem. As if there is nothing going to happen. Those who were, uh, you know, eating, they continued to eat. Those who were marrying continued to marry. As if there was nothing happening, going to happen. You know, he's trying to show us that life continued as normal. As if there was nothing going to happen. I wonder whether we have also arrived at the same time, friends. Where God has sent another message this time. But also this message is a message to the entire world. Just like it was in the days of Noah. And we have received that message. That message has been recorded. I, I don't know how it was in the days of Noah. But I am inclined to believe that message might have been recorded, Brother Omnet. Because uh, the prophet of God tells us, you see, that time they had civilization before the flood. Before the flood. They had civilization which was actually greater than the one we have today. Did you know that? Because they build, they build things we cannot build today. They built the Great Pyramid of Giza. We know who built the Great Pyramid of Giza. The, the, the archaeologists and the scientists don't know. But our prophet has told us who built that pyramid. And if you want to know him, go and read the message. But I'll just give you a tip. Enoch. And he said that Enoch was a prophet. And Enoch is the one who built. He was a prophet of God. And he was the one who built that great pyramid of Giza. A structure which is in the true north. Perfectly in the middle of the earth. And when you look at it. I mean I can explain a lot about that pyramid of Giza. But you will see that he called, he called that the second Bible. The second Bible. The first Bible being the, uh, being the moon, the stars, and, the, uh, and, and all that. And then the, the second Bible being the pyramid, and the third Bible being the one we have in our hands. God has been dealing with the human race ever since. But we see that during that time, these people, you know, were perfect in geometry. They, they were perfect in everything they knew. Uh, they, they were, the civilization of that time was really much higher than the one we have today. Now we think we have cars. Now we think we have internet. Now we think we have, uh, you know, good clothes. Now we think we have microphones and we can speak through microphones and people can hear us even in a, you know, in a very big distance. But at that time they had it all. Maybe, I am not wrong to say that maybe even in the days of Noah they had recorded the message. And that message, Noah had recorded it and it had been played on TV, on television. It had been played on radios and it had gone all over the world. Why do you think God took all those years to destroy or to bring down rain? He was waiting for the message of Noah to go all over the world. And the message of Noah went all over the world. But people had the message of Noah, but people did not take it serious. That is the problem we have had in every generation. That when God sends a message, people don't take that message serious. Oh, God help us. That we don't also fall victims of that. And the Bible says in the days of Noah, what did they do? They, they married wives, they ate, they drank, and they gave in marriage until the day Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came and destroyed them all. I want you to imagine, I, I don't know how many people were on earth at the time, 
But out of all the millions of the people that might have been on the earth at that time, we know that only how many souls we are saved? Eight souls. Only eight souls we are saved out of the millions of souls. Do you think, do you think that God will not do it again if he has to? Are you hearing me, church? Is God able to do it again? Now I ask you a question. Will you be in the number of those that will be saved? Or you are going to remain down here in the tribulation? As far as I'm concerned, I do not know what 2024 holds, but I want 2024 to prepare me for the coming of the Lord. In my heart, I'm longing for his return. In my heart, I'm longing for his return. Whatever I do, whatever I say, whatever I think, I want to be right with him. I want, to be right. I want my mind to be right with God. I want my words to be right with God. I want my actions to be right with God. I want to be ready for his return. And we see that the Bible says uh, here that, uh, you know, they did everything they did until the day. Why? Listen, please, closely here. Until, meaning, they did everything they were doing, but they stopped doing what they were doing when that day arrived. Which means when the day of entering the ark arrived and the rain began coming down, that's when the, people, the people's eyes opened up. And they said, wait a moment. Something is happening. We have to change. We, we have to go in the ark. And remember when the door was closed, it was closed. It could not be opened again. All hope was lost. All even, you know, grace. Grace was over. The door was shut. Who shut that door? God himself who gave the message shut the door. And let me tell you, history keeps repeating itself. God is going to do the same thing in our generation. But what was wrong at the time? People never bothered. We are never bothered. Until the day Noah entered into the ark. And the flood came. And when that happened, it destroyed them all. Listen, sister. Put that in your mind. Put that in your head. Put, put that in your, in your understanding and think about it for just a moment. They had the message. They had the message of escaping. They were supposed to escape for their life. They had it all, but they left it all. And they were destroyed all. They were destroyed all. What does the devil come to do? The devil comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And the devil is at it again. We have now also received another message, another end time message in our day. And now the devil is trying to do what? To destroy people. People, can you imagine that people will sit in the churches of, of, of believers? People will still sit in the churches of message believers all over the world. But very few people will go in the rapture. Can you imagine that? Which means that people will actually be in the church, but they will actually be, uh, you know, destroyed by the enemy. They will actually be killed. They will actually be stolen from what they have received. Why? Because they have not give, come to a place of total surrender. I don't want to be guilty of that. I want to, if I'm going to serve God, I want to serve God with all my heart. I want to be genuine. I want to be really genuine. I want to be found ready. Not because of my works, but because of my heart. The status of your heart. When the word of God comes to you, do you tremble? When the word of God comes to you, do you really receive it? Do you accept it? Do you put it in your heart? Or you simply just blush it away and, and say, well, it's all right. We have had this over and over. Listen to me, sister. Listen to me, brother. There is coming a day you'll hear it your last day. And that day may be today. Time is coming when the time of hearing this message will be over. And the door will be shut. 
But when the door has not yet been shut, this is the time for you, my sister, my brother, to run for your life. And God has laid a few things in my heart to say to you today. I trust that you, you shall receive it in the spirit with which I have received it. And verses 28, it says, Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the days when the Son of Man is revealed. I say, we are living in that day of the Son of Man being revealed. We are here once again. And this, he says, how will it, as it was in those days. He first said, as it was in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, what were people doing? They were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were doing whatever they were doing. Life continued on normally until the day when Noah entered the ark and they were all destroyed. And now he's saying here again, as it was in the days of Lot, what did they do? They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. These are the things that are taking us away from the presence of God. I have to buy this. I have to buy that. I have to build this. I have to plant this. I have to eat this. I have to drink this. Tell me what else do we do out of the presence of God? What else? Is it not eating and drinking and building and dressing and buying and selling? Is there something else? That's all. So God, what is God trying to say here? He's saying that everything else does not matter but his message which he has sent in a generation. That message is what is important. Everything else does not matter. That message, brother, that message, sister, take heed to that message because time is coming when the opportunity for you to receive that message will no longer be there. Time is coming when a door will be shut. Brother, sister, it is good for you to get married, but marriage does not matter. It is good for you to buy, but buying does not matter. It is good for you to sell. It is good to, for you to build or, or go to school or you know, become you know, rich and things like that. But those things don't matter. What matters is the message. What matters is the message. And how will you know that that is what matters in your life? If you take it more important than anything else. And time comes when people think that coming to church is not important. They think that coming to church is helping the pastor. And then you come to church and begin dozing around as if you don't know why you came to church. And then you come to church and then you just begin, you know, not paying attention. Let me, let me tell you, brother, sister, who is not serious. Oh, let me talk to the lukewarm believer today. Time is coming when you are dozing. Amen will not help you. Time is coming when your unseriousness will be all over your head and you have no hope. All hope will be lost. All grace will be over. But let me tell you, brother, I am not waiting for that time. I want to be on fire for God and I want to be on fire for God now. Now, not then. I am not waiting for the last minute. I'm waiting, hallelujah, for the rapture. And I want to be ready for the rapture now. We don't have time for hating one another. We don't have time, amen, for speaking ill about one another. We don't have time for fornication. We don't have time for adultery. We don't have time for all the things of the world. Listen, we don't have time for those things. 
Our time should be a consecrated life. We should consecrate our lives. Listen, young people, we should consecrate our lives to Jesus in these closing moments of time. And the time came, and the Bible says, on that same day, Lord went out of Sodom. It rained fire and brimstone. Now let me show you something here. The bride is holding everything together. When the bride goes, it's going to become a mess. You may see the world continuing normally right now, but don't be deceived. It's continuing normally because the bride is here. And when the bride is out of here, things will not be the same again. And in a few moments, uh, if you can listen to me with all your heart, I believe, just open your heart and see how God will deal with you this evening and because our desire is to be ready for his coming. Amen. Exodus 14 verse 26, he says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand, uh, 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 Moses stretched forth his, um, uh, forth his hand over the, over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord uh, uh, overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea, and the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of the Pharaoh, of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. The waters that are going to destroy the Egyptians are the same waters that saved the Israelites. Are you receiving revelation this evening? I want you to see something here. When God told Moses to go and speak and not to fear, Moses did not fear. He went straight to the Red Sea and he spoke. He commanded it to, to part. And the Red Sea began parting. And there, the Bible says there appeared dry land. Dry land. And I believe, oh, praise the Lord. That's what God is making for us in this generation. Amen. It is not good everywhere. Because water is a sign of the world. The world is all over wherever we are. It's not easy, friends, to live a Christian life. It's not easy to be a, a true Christian in this world anymore. It's not easy. It's very difficult. But let me tell you, brother, when you, when you have a prophet, amen, of a generation, when you receive that prophet, what happens? Amen, through the message of that prophet, God makes a way. Hallelujah. He makes a way for you. And, and then you can be able to walk on that way. Thank God for the end-time message. Thank God for the prophet of our generation. Because we have this message, brother, sister, we can now walk on this path. And we are walking on this path because we have the message. This message, hallelujah, amen, reveals the word of God to us. And the Bible says the word, amen, shall be a lamp unto your feet. What will it do? It will guide your way. It will lighten your path. You will know where you are going. You will see where you are going. Why? Because you have the word of God. The revealed word of the hour, amen, will be the path. Amen, will make a path of life for you in order for you to go through this life and all its trials. And all his encumbrances, and all his difficulties, and all his hardships. Amen. God makes a way for us to go through this life's journey. And that's how the Israelites went through. Through all the temptations. Hallelujah. 
Amen. God told all those animals, I don't care what they were. Maybe they were crocodiles. He told them, crocodiles, step aside. Snakes, step aside. Scorpions, step aside. I have my people I have that have called, and they must cross over. Amen. From Egypt, they must cross over to the promised land. And I tell you what, God has a people in this generation and they must cross over from this world to the rapture, from this world over to Canaan's fair land. We must cross over. The devil cannot stop us. We must cross over. I don't know about you, but I'm longing for the rapture. I don't know about you, but I'm longing for a body change. I'm longing for that day when we shall come out of here. Hallelujah. We must cross over. And as they were crossing over, you know, I want you to see this. As they were crossing over, you know, the, 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 the sea made a path for them. And they were walking through. And when Pharaoh came and his captains, hallelujah, he thought they would also go through this path. <laughs> hallelujah. is only for the cold. This path is only for the seed of God. He says, it's a highway to heaven. None can walk up there but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven. Walking up the king's highway. Amen. None can walk up there but the pure in heart. Brother, how is your heart? How is your heart? Ask your neighbor, how is the status of your heart? <coughs> how is your heart? If your heart is not right with God, you will not hear when he calls. If your heart is not right with God, you are just escorting us. If your heart is not right with God, you are a shark. And the, and the prophet said, the seed shall not be here with a shark. Or the shark shall not be here with a seed. Amen. The seed is going to be, to be here to the promises of God. The seed is going to go in the rapture. But the shark, Chisusunku, is going to remain here on earth. The shark will not be able to go through. And how do you know that you are a shark? If you have no desire for the things of God in your heart. If your heart has no desire, amen, to live right with God. If the word of God comes to you and you just brush it away. Instead of, of receiving it in your heart. Let me tell you, you are risking to be a shark. You may sit in the church, you may sit under anointed preaching, you may hear many pastors and many preachers and many evangelists, but that will not change your heart a bit if you do not take heed to what you are hearing and do it. And do it. I've seen and heard many people who will hear a preacher preaching things and then they will go outside there and say, do you think it is, it is possible to do it? It is not possible. Let me tell you, you are risking to be a shark. Forgive me if I preach like an evangelist today. I have an anointing of an evangelist this evening. You must not be a shark. You must be a seed. And God is looking for seed. Those who shall receive his word. Those who have hearts. Amen. That can receive and say amen. Those amen who are doing wrong things. And when they hear the word of God. Amen. Coming and echoing in their ears. They can say oh God forgive me. Baptize me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. God is looking for people who are ready to change. What will you be? And this time, Pharaoh thought they would also come and walk on that way. Praise God. He thought they would walk on that way. And as they came with all their chariots, we already saw that in that beat before. But the Bible says that a pillar of fire went behind the Israelites. And God was defending them from behind. 
And God was seeing his eyes through the pillar of fire. And was looking at the Egyptians. And that way he was defending the Israelites. Hallelujah. Are you not so glad? Amen. That God is here with us. I say God is in the camp with the bride. God has not left us. The pillar of fire is still here. The pillar of fire is still with the bride. You may not see it because it's right behind you. He's watching your enemy. He's watching our enemy. Hallelujah. And while he was watching the enemy, what happened? He destroyed their chariots. He destroyed their chariots. He destroyed all their power. He destroyed all their warriors. Let me tell you, we have the pillar of fire here with us. And he's destroying the chariots of our enemies. The pillar of fire is here to fight for us. Because he said in the beginning, the battle will not be yours. Hold still. Stand still and see the salvation of God. I don't care what the enemy will plan against me. Hallelujah, because I'm the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and, uh, and uh, the waters were separated. And as they went through the waters, something happened there. <clears throat> something happened. And as they went through, God now told his servant Moses, the prophet. He said, now Moses, I want you to change position. I want you now to turn and look at the waters. Stretch out your hand now over the sea. Hallelujah. That the waters may come again upon the Egyptians. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't worry about all these little demons disturbing you, brother, sister. Hallelujah. Because time is coming and time is here. Time is coming and time is here. When all those little demons of sickness, when all those little demons of temptations, is going to come back again upon those who do not believe. Upon your enemies. They are going to fight against one another. They are going to kill each other. That has been always the strategic war that God has always fought for his own. And we see here that as, they, as he stretched out his hand over the sea, that the waters came again and destroyed all the chariots and all the horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand and, uh, over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it. And the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Did you hear that? The Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the, the host of the Pharaoh of Pharaoh that came in into the sea after them. They remained not there remained not so much as one of them. Hallelujah. All the enemies we are seeing there will not remain even one of them. When he will cross over, brother. When we cross over, sister, did you know there won't be pain? Did you know there won't be temptation? Did you know there won't be sickness? Did you know there won't be nothing like that? Why? Because we are crossing over to a land of milk and honey. We are crossing over to a land where there will be no aging. We are crossing over to a land where we are going to be overcomers. We are crossing over to a land where we are going to be more than conquerors. We are crossing over. Nothing can stop us. Nothing can stop the bride of Jesus Christ. And I believe I'm one of them. And we are right here warming up. We are warming up to cross over. We are warming up to cross over. The devil cannot stop us. Come on church, shout amen. The devil cannot stop us. We are warming up for that great, hallelujah, that great crossing over. Oh, we are waiting for that day. Hallelujah. But while we are still here, hallelujah, do you know what we are doing? We are dancing over devils. 
Well, we are here on earth. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. The Bible says, Amen. When he lifted up his hand, the waters came back again down. And when the waters came back again down, the waters swallowed all the Egyptians. Where was the bride? Where was the believers? They were on the other side. They had crossed over. What were they doing? They were dancing. They were singing. They were dancing over devils. Let me tell you, this message has come so that we may dance over our demons. Dance over devils. Dance over devils. Why? Because we are more than conquerors, my sister. Hallelujah. The way of escape has already been made. The message of Moses created that way for Israel. If they had decided to stay in one place, the wrath of God would have consumed them too. So in other words, the message we have does not want us to stay in one place. Did you know that even God can bring a message even here, right here in the church? And if you just stay unmoved in one place, no amen, no standing up, no clapping your hands, nothing, nothing will happen to you. And God will leave you and move over to the other ones who are, you know, receiving it and uh, rejoicing and clapping and shouting. Why? Because they are not in one place. Hallelujah. But you find here that you see if these people, God through Moses had made a way of escape. And these people, they did not stay in one place. Because Moses told them, look, come on now, let's go. Go forward. The order was given, you cannot remain in one place. When the word of God comes down, amen, this is spiritual, but it is also physical. When the word of God comes down to you, don't stay the same. Come on, receive it. Say amen. Feel free to stand up and lift up your hand and do whatever it is. Shout, why? Because you are receiving the word. And when you do that, what happens? God moves in your life. They did not stay in one place. If they had stayed in one place, the wrath of God would come upon them and would consume them too. But they ran... Tell someone they ran. They ran. Every one of them. Hallelujah. They ran. They escaped. The enemy was coming. They escaped. They ran. Let us run. We have a message. Let us run. We have to run away from our enemy. Let us run. Hallelujah. When your enemy comes, when your temptation comes, don't stay there. Run. Run! That's why I love Joseph. Joseph ran. It was a temptation of fornication. But Joseph said, no! I have to run. Brother, sister, run! Don't stay in one place. The enemy will consume you. Let's look at Exodus chapter 10, verse 25. Where, where are my deacons? Is there a deacon here? Praise the name of the Lord. Verses 25. And Moses said... <coughs> Excuse me. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. This is now Moses speaking to Pharaoh before they crossed over. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind. Hallelujah. For there must be. For thereof must we take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come. Thither. Now listen. Before you cross over, you cannot know how to serve God. 
you have to cross over from your temptation. You have to cross over from the, 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 the little temptation that you're going through and uh, go on the other side after you've made your decision, after you've made your choice, I'm going to serve the Lord, then God will reveal to you how you will serve him. Otherwise, you cannot serve him when you are still wallowing in the mud of sin. There is no way you can serve God when you are still wallowing in the mud of sin, lusts of the world and the pride of life and the lust of the eyes. You have to come out of it. The Bible says, come out of her, my people. This message is to come out, not to stay in, but come out. Praise the name of the Lord. Come out. And, and I want you to see something here. And Moses said, thou must give us also sacrifices, our burnt offerings. Now, when he realized he was going to go, he said, listen, we must take our sacrifice. First of all, the king said, you leave the children. He said, no, I am not leaving the children behind. Even no little one is remaining behind. Follow me here closely now. No little one is doing what? Hallelujah. How many parents are here? Lift up your hands. Amen. You need to say that with me. No little one is remaining behind. Amen. And I'm speaking to you, brethren. Hallelujah. Your children shall be saved. Your children shall come in the rapture. Your children, claim them, every one of them. None of them will stay in this ship. None of them will be lost. If you claim them, God gives them to you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He said we are going to take all of them. None of them will stay. And the devil was claiming them, but, the, but, but Moses said, no. And this message has come to claim every little one. Our cattle also shall go with us. Hallelujah. Not only children, but even cattle. Even cattle. He says even our cattle shall go with us. Not only our cattle, but even their hooves. Oh my God. Meaning Satan, you are remaining with nothing. Whatever belongs to us, we are taking it with us. Whatever is ours, we are taking it with us. Hallelujah. We are not leaving you with our little ones. We are not leaving you with our animals. We are not leaving you with their hooves. We are not leaving you with anything. Even our nails are going in the rapture. Every bit of hallelujah. And if you have a, a, you have a loved one who is unsaved tonight, begin to claim them right now. Say every one of them is coming into the rapture. If you claim them, you apply the token of the blood, they too shall be saved. They too shall be saved. Somebody ought to say hallelujah to that. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We have to escape for our life. He says all of them must escape. We don't know how we are going to serve God, but we will know when we get over the other side. And I want you to see the wrath of God is coming, friends. The, the, the wrath of God is coming, and this is the most terrible thing, and I want to tell it to you tonight. Malachi chapter 4 verse 1 to 3. It says, For behold, a day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud ye are, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. <clears throat> and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked. For they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. Amen. They, used to, they used to give handkerchiefs uh, and take it out of the body of Paul. And I remember there was one time in Ethiopia. A brother came and gave me a handkerchief. 
I, I, it was my handkerchief I was using, getting the service, and he said, brother, pastor, let me take this handkerchief from you. And, and uh, he said, did miracles for him. I did not claim that it did, but he said, so, well, I need a handkerchief. Someone wants to get a handkerchief out of my body, you can donate yours to me tonight. Praise the Lord. Malachi 4, 1, it says, For behold, a day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud here and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. Now, friends, I want you to be careful and listen to this carefully. It says, But unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness, are you hearing? Arise with what? With what? In what? In his wings. And do what? Ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the storm. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of us. And before Moses and his team went out, before he went out, the waters were all up. And they had made a way in the middle there. But the moment they went through, he said, now you can let the waters come down and destroyed all the Egyptians. The only thing holding the judgment of God is the bride of Jesus Christ being down here. The moment the bride of Christ leaves this earth, friends, it is going to be chaos. To you, believer who is playing around. You are in the church, but you are playing around. God is seeing you. The angel of the Lord is seeing you. And time is coming. When the bride has left, you will face the music. You don't have to. Right now, before that time arrives, you can put your life right and live like a real Christian. Because the Bible says here, Behold, a day cometh. And that day shall what? Burn as an oven. And all the proud, all that do wickedly, shall be stubble. And a day shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts. He shall leave them neither root nor branch. In the days of Noah, it was fire. Everybody said it was fire. In the days of Lot, what happened? It was two cities, fire, two cities. In the days of Noah, it was water. In the days of Lot, it was fire. And we see in our day, the whole world is going to be consumed by what? Fire. So fire is coming. Tell your neighbor, fire is coming. If we don't preach this, then we are not preaching the message. Are you following me? This is the message. The message is not, oh, oh, God loves you. You are going to go to heaven. Don't you worry about what you are doing. God, the blood will cover. No problem, no problem. God loves you. You are a very good person. What, what, what? That is not going to help here. If I don't, if I don't, if I preach the other and I don't preach this, then I'm not preaching the message to you. Uh-huh, the anointing is coming to you, brother. God bless you. Ah, you gave me a double portion. May you receive a double portion this evening. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to see this clearly, friends, because if I don't preach this to you, I would be a liar. And I will not be telling you the truth. This part of the gospel is the gospel. Fire is coming and fire is coming. It is the truth. 
Fire is coming and fire is coming. It is going to burn all that do wickedly. It is going to burn the unrepentant. It is going to burn the fornicators. It is going to burn the, the adulterers. It is going to burn the drunkards. It is going to burn all those that are aiming and are not fearing the word of God. The extortioners. Fire is coming. The, the Bible says the day is coming that shall burn as an oven. But it says, unto you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. How did that sun arise? The sun has already arisen in our day by the anti message of Malachi 4. The anti message is the sun of righteousness that has come down to us to redeem us out of the Laodicea. But what is God waiting for in our day? He's going to destroy the whole world with fire. But He's waiting for the cup of iniquity to be filled. For the last one to come in. Hallelujah. We preach hellfire. We preach the Holy Ghost. We preach grace. We preach love. Praise God. And this is the truth. It's the truth. Tell your neighbor it is the truth. If you are still there playing with lies. You have a lying tongue. I want to remind you this evening. Fire is coming. If you are still cheating, fire is coming. And that fire is going to burn you if you don't repent. Being that we have received grace through this message, it does not mean we don't have repentance anymore. We still believe in repentance. We still believe in holiness. We still believe in righteousness. We still believe in every part of the word. We're still believing in young men and young ladies being clean, serving God, seeking for the Holy Ghost, praying, if it means it, all night praying, seeking after the Holy Ghost. Because when that fire comes, it will burn them up. But thank God for the light that has shined in our day because it is calling us out of those things. This is what this message is meant for. Let me tell you, serving God is not easy. Serving God is a sacrifice. Many of us have sacrificed a lot of things and even the lives we wanted to live. You have to sacrifice. If you are making a choice to serve God, you have to sacrifice. You have to leave some things and leave it, decide to leave it, make up your mind to leave it. Nobody is going to do that choice for you. You have to make the choice to serve God when you still can. If you don't make that choice now, you will not make it when you are dead. The moment you are dead, you have no power to make that choice. You have the power now when you are alive and when you have control over your thought, over your heart, over your mind, over your mouth. And then you can make that choice and make up your mind. And it doesn't matter even you who were born by believers. And even to you, my children, especially you, Elizabeth and uh, 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 Sheba, where is she? Now you think that your father is a pastor and you are going to go to heaven. You will not go to heaven because I'm your, uh, I'm your father. You have to go to heaven by receiving Jesus Christ and by being filled with the Holy Ghost. Other than that, you are going to hell. And unless you repent, every one of us has to repent. Every one of us has to come and find Jesus Christ by a conviction. Every one of us has to escape, friends. I remember when they were running, amen, going through the waters. Everyone, the little ones, the big ones, the fathers, the mothers, all of them had to escape for their life. You all have to escape for your life. No one can save you but yourself. 
The word has been given, but you have to realize it. You have to accept it. You have to come to that place where you say, I know God. I love God. I'm going to serve God with all my life. The word has been given. The only thing that is left now is the judgments of God. But you see, the Lord is waiting for the cup of iniquity to be filled and for the last one to come in. When the sins of the people increase, God is watching. God is seeing all the sinners. And if you are here and you are one of them, don't leave this church before you repent. Because it may be your last time to ever be in church. It may be your last time. If you are a sinner and you are here, it may be your last time. Don't leave before you repent. Don't leave before you put your life right. Who knows, maybe the rapture will happen the next minute. Or maybe you will die before you ever come back again. Make sure that your life is right with God. And that you are walking right with God. And that you know if he calls you now, or if he comes now, you are fit to go. You are ready to go. Oh, that's my desire. And I have only five minutes left, so I just read a quote for you here. Uh, in the book of, in the, in the message, the Easter seal. And, uh, and as a song said, we are seeking out that little lost sheep that, that won't, he won't come until that sheep is in. He won't come until that sheep is in. Everyone has to be in, in the fold. He won't close the door until that last one is in. So, minister brothers, I am sure with you this morning of trying to hunt out that little sheep. It might be in Phoenix or here in Namgongo today, this morning or this evening. I don't know. But when the last, last one comes in, then the shepherd will close the door. You see, it, it may be you. You may be the last sheep here today. Until you come in, then the door will not be closed. That's why we now talk about the love of God. He's waiting for you to come in. But remember, time is running and running fast. T time is running. Time is running out. Make up your mind. You're not going to go because the pastor is your friend or because you talk well with him or because, listen, when I'm out there and talking to you, I'm your friend, I'm all that, but still doesn't take away the fact that hellfire is there and that God is going to burn the, those ones who have not made up their mind and have received the Holy Ghost. Make sure who you are and where you are and where you are standing in the word of God. Luke chapter 17 verse 32. He says, remember Lord's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life and, uh, uh, shall save, preserve it. And I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. Two men shall be in the field. One shall be taken and the other shall be left. Now, and he says, remember Lot is Lot's wife. Why do we remember Lot's wife? Because in Genesis... 19 verse 22, God spoke to Lot and he told him, Lot, haste you, haste, be fast, haken, hasten rather, be fast, escape, Fitha, escape. The angel of the Lord came down with a message of escape. Come on, Lord, escape with your family, escape with your mother, escape with your wife, with your children, escape. For I cannot do anything till thou become Fitha. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zona. Listen. We have already seen our prophet telling us God will not come unless the last one is in, right? And he, the angel told the Lord, I will not destroy the city until you are what? You are out of the city. But that did not stop God from making Lord's wife a pillar of salt. Lord's wife was the last one, right? Maybe she was the last one that they were waiting for. And when he, she came out, then hellfire came down upon, uh, upon Gomorrah and Sodom. But after she came out, she looked back. And when she looked back, she became a pillar of salt. Yeah. 
and listen to me church if you look back in the things you came back from you will become a pillar of salt if you look back to the world you will become a pillar of salt don't desire those things of the world they are rotten to the core desire the word of God desire the Holy Ghost desire to be right with God or else if you desire the world you will become a pillar of salt and after coming out of Sodom yet she was ruined and lost just right on the mountain there. And until today, she's there, a pillar of salt. She did not make it. Oh, God, I'm mercy. God, I'm mercy. Friends, don't look back. I say escape for your life. Don't look back. Genesis 19.23, the sun was risen upon the earth when Lot entered into Zoh. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants in the, in the, of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. What will you become, sister? You may become a pillar of salt. Take heed. Run! I said run for your life, brother. Run for your life, sister. Escape! We don't have much time left. And I read here in the message thirsting for life. Please give me like five more minutes. Listening when that animal is grabbed, that little deer and the wolf would shake it. Now if the deer is real smart, if you have ever watched it, the deer could twist real quick and jump way sideways. And if the wolf hasn't got too deep a hold, it will jack a big handful out or big mouthful rather uh, out of the little deer's flank. Then when... Then, what must the little deer do? He's talking about the wolf having caught the deer and put his teeth in his body. And the deer is trying to fight and fight and fight. And when it fights out, then the, the wolf will just go off over the deer's flesh, taking a little piece. Then, what must the little deer do after that? While the wolf is a tumbling and rolling with, the, with, with this mouthful of flesh, the blood begins to spurt. And when it does, the deer has got to run for what is in it. Everything run. And oh God, if there ever was a time that women and men ought to run tonight, run for your life. Run, dear friend. Run for your life. That's the message I have for you today. Run for your life. And he says in the message, just once more as I finish, Oh, Pentecostal, Pentecostal, run for your life. There is just a little time left. It's later than you think. If this was 1963, how much more now? 223. There is just a little time left. It is later than you think. Jesus is about to come back again. There is little time left. It's later than you think. If I never say another word from this pulpit, and as I was reading this, I said, oh God, maybe this will be my last sermon. I don't know. If I never say another word from this pulpit, remember, run for your life. It's later than you think. And I say, I feel the Holy Spirit on me saying, say it again. Run for your life. It's later than you think. Let us stand on our feet. Lord Jesus, here we are once again. People that have heard this message that I've preached tonight and maybe they've been living in a life where 
they've forgotten you and forgotten what they ought to do and the things of the world beginning to eat up in, on them, Father. Forgive them, I pray. And Lord, uh, let them come to a place called total surrender where they will completely give up everything and love you with all their hearts. And that you will move in their hearts and they will surely make you their business. Father, Lord, we want to be a church. We want to be a group of people that will seek after righteousness, that will seek after holiness, that will seek after the things that the world doesn't have and can never have because they don't have God. We have God because we have received a message of light, the message of the hour that has united us back with Christ. Help us not to be so sluggish and not to look back again like that woman, Lord's wife, looked back. We don't want to become a pillar of salt. We don't want to, we don't want to stay. We don't want to stay and to, to go in the tribulations of the world. Oh God, we just want to, to be ready when you come, Father. Even myself, I don't want to preach. And after preaching for a long time, then I'm left behind. I want to go too, Lord. I want my children to be there. I want my wife to be there. I want every member here to be there. I want all these people listening to me today to be there, Lord Jesus. We realize the rapture is real and the coming of the Lord is real, Father. It's not a myth. It's not a story. Oh, Father, may we receive it with all our hearts. And if there is a sinner here today, Father, may they come to you, O oh God. May they come to a place of repentance. May they really find out who you are. And may they accept you wholeheartedly with all their hearts, Father. Forgive their sin, I pray. And help them to consecrate their lives to you fully with all their hearts. Grant it, I pray, Lord Jesus. For we love you. We give you praise. We give you honor and glory. Just continue praying to him and asking for mercy, asking him for grace. As we dismiss those who are on Zoom, God bless you. May he light upon you tonight and may he give you grace throughout your life and your family in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus.